Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. Well, that's it. Season is officially over, obviously. Blades are going up. Really, really phenomenal season. How are you doing, Chad, now that this season has come to a close and is done and dusted? Um, all right. Um, sucks that we're recording this on a Tuesday, and it sucks that yesterday's game was on a Monday. Obviously, you guys over here in the UK had the bank holiday and all the hoopla with coronation. Whether you like it or not, whatever it is, what it is, it's just BS that the Premier League got to play on Saturday after all that BS was over and we had to wait out until Monday. But it is what it is. As you said, going up, blades are going up. Hopefully we can maintain it and get some investment in this side and go on to greener pastures. But if not, we will be seeing saying goodbye to the championship for about 365 calendar days and we'll be uh this time next year we'll be getting ready to come back down into this lovely division that i am going to dearly dearly miss it will not it definitely will not hold me from uh not watching every single game that is televised in uh the united states and you know i've Illegal streams, whatever you, you have it 2024, 2025. It's going to be even better because we're going to get even more coverage of the EFL, and I'm going to love it. Thousand games showed on Sky, so that means more games over here. Yes, over you, Noah. How are you doing? After I, I've been a, a full of rants, I ran into you about 10 minutes prior to recording, so that was a continuation of my rant filled. <laughs> Well, to answer your question, I'm doing well. Uh, I agree with you. I'm going to miss the uh, EFL championship a lot. I just think it's a brilliant league. It's so competitive week in, week out. Um, You know, I mean, obviously you feel like anybody can beat anybody. And as we proved in the second to last game of the season, losing to Huddersfield, who basically just beat the drop by beating us. So, um yeah, I, as far as the uh, the whole Sky Sports deal, there, I mean, there's a lot of controversy surrounding it. Obviously, for us Yanks, it's great because that just means more coverage and uh, more games that are televised, less time that we have to spend uh, on SUTV if we do go down, as you kind of alluded to. Um, I'm hoping that we'll stay up. But yeah, by the same token... Um, you know, a lot of I, I understand a lot of fans are kind of upset by it because they feel that people, rather than actually going to games, going to away days, especially at three o'clock on Saturday, are, are just going to turn on the telly. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, the three o'clock rule is still going to be applicable, but at the same time, I think more games will get scheduled outside of that three o'clock window, so you'll have more lunchtime games and you'll have more even late evening. Uh, games on Saturday. You know, the the Saturday 8 p.m. slot or 7.45 slot uh, does not come around very often. And I do foresee a lot more games starting at that time slot just so they'd be able to be televised by Sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really wish Apple would have got the rights to it because, you know, I hate the MLS, but I like their infancy coverage of the MLS. They've 
kind of adopted since getting the rights over here. And um, I mean, it's, it just done the right way. You could you could watch all three leagues and watch all the games, and I'd have every single TV watching every game because that's, you know, that's the type of person I am. I, I just love that the lower divisions piss off with the Prem. Um, but, you know, the more you talk to people, it's like, you know, it, it's not going to affect as much as you think. It's just the odd game where it's rainy, miserable, windy. You know, are you going to keep a couple hundred fans at home and watch the game on television as opposed to, you know, trekking out in that miserable weather and going and sitting outside? And, you know, I understand that's a part of part of the whole, you know, backdrop of, you know, going to a football match. I understand that, but. I don't think in the end of the day it's it's really going to hurt the club revenue for, you know, this whatever sky's rolling out. And, and, and it's I think there's a, a little bit of, of money and, and funds that are going to get dispersed to the other 72 and not just, you know, the trickle-down effect from the Prem. So it's going to help the clubs, the lower league clubs, especially the ones that get – you know, 10,000 through the gate, 6,000 through the gate at a home game. You know, I mean, I'm all for the betterment of the game. And obviously I think this rule is kind of outdated. They should, they should just that whole 3 PM ban. They should just scrap that too, because it's unfortunate how us over here in the United States can watch every single prem game, but the people in their own country, they can't watch if they they get one game and they they've got to listen to commentators you know telestrate it if they're not at the game of basically what we do on a week a week and week basis with the chef united way they got to do that and it's just like that doesn't sound fun just lift it i mean there's so much money going around man that's the that's the thing that irritates me the most is so much of this bs with all this money you know the rich all, all get richer and I could talk for days on how corrupt this bullshit is, but all all of us know, you know, unless we get hundreds of millions of dollars invested in us, we ain't going to do worth a damn. And that's unfortunate, man. That's my, that's why I, you know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent now. That's why I'm kind of like, I'm going to miss this league because I would much rather be competitive in this league than just lose every week in the prem next year. Well, I mean, you know, we yeah. The thing is, at the end of the day, it's still eleven on eleven. I don't think we'll lose every week, even if we don't get significant investment. But at the same time, I still think that we will get bought out in the summer, uh, and we'll have a little bit of money to play with. You know, kind of hedging on the TV revenue that we're going to be getting just by virtue of going to the prem. You know, I, I the way I see it, we'll probably bring in two or three players on a permanent and then probably sign three or four. And I do think that a lot of the players next season who we maybe tap to not come back, you know, your John Flex, uh, maybe even your Enda Stevens, they might actually come back to just kind of fill in some of those gaps. But, you know, though, I mean, we've talked about this for, for weeks now. The way I see it, I mean, we have to bring Tommy Doyle back on a permanent and get James McAtee back on loan. 
I think the first one is a lot more likely than the second one. I think it's, we were talking about this before we started recording. I think it's way more likely that James McAtee probably goes to a, you know, middling or, you know, mid, like climbing up the table sort of prem team uh, to help them out. You know, someone like an Aston Villa or someone like a West Ham or maybe even like a Brighton, you know. Brighton, I think, are going to, you know, they're going to be challenging the next few years, I think, to get into European places um, if they don't do it this year, which I, I don't think they will. But next year, they might really be able to go for it. And, you know, we're going to be really hamstrung, too, you know, the, the longer this carries on, because I think we can only sign two Premier League players on loan. That's our yeah. limit. So you're looking at probably keeping in a, a majority of the team we have and just kind of adding to it where we can, if we can, you know. I mean, they, I, I keep seeing this list of players going in and or who's staying and who's not staying, and then you really take a look at it and be like, who's shelling out the cash? Because certainly – you know, the longer this carries on, if we don't get this done and the Prince is still our owner going into next season, I mean, he's not going to want to shell out that cash that he thinks is his. Yeah, I, I like I said, I do think it will get done. I do think the Prince is, I don't want to say desperate to sell, but I think he'll take, you know, any offer that a safe, you know potentially safeguards the club's future and allows for additional investment moving forward. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to sell to a charlatan who's going to strip us for parts. Yeah. At least that's my hope. You know, I mean, based on every interview that I've seen, he actually cares about the club and um, you know, I'm going to take him at his word. I, he hasn't really done us a lot of wrong in, uh, you know, in his ownership Yeah, We could have had more or better investment in the prem, but the thing is, is you can only, you can only pay for what you've got, you know, and he just didn't have that, the amount of cash flow, that liquidity to kind of take us to where we needed to be to buy the players that we needed to stay up in that 2021 season. Um, You know, and then we got desperate. We spunked a whole mess of money on Rian Brewster, which was a mistake, you know, especially considering the production that he's put up at this point. And, you know, you, you think, I mean, if that investment had been better, would we have had a more, more of a fighting chance? Yeah. The fact of the matter was was that we at the time McBurney wasn't doing it for us. Sharp wasn't doing it for us. We needed a striker. So, you know, I mean that that was you know it's it's hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, yeah. but um, I still I I'm going to be more positive. I think the future does look bright for United. I think you know depending again I've said this multiple times already. If we can get some investment. We have to pick the right players. If we pick the right players, we can stay up next season. If not, uh, we'll be back in the championship for the 24-25 season. But with that being said, I feel like we are going to talk about this all throughout the summer. Um, I just kind of – we're going to have a more of a truncated uh, podcast. Uh, I just kind of want to get your general thoughts on Huddersfield. I don't want to really – deep dive into it you know I thought you said earlier before we jumped on that it it were our worst performance of the season uh yeah between that and Luton I think you know I mean we had chance we had chances in the game I we we had more chances than we did against Luton I thought 
Yeah, I, I just think it was uh, – I don't think it was a bad performance just because it was, uh, you know, a bad performance. I think it was just like our players – we didn't have really anything to play for. I understand we could have yeah. got the most points and all that and you whatever. Yeah. I understand that there's, you know, hindsight, you know, there's, there's, it's a two sided argument here, but I just think the players went into that game and we're like, okay, we just got come off the win, win at the weekend, you know, closed out the home, home fixture list at, at Bramall lane. Now you gotta stare two away matches in the, you know, in the face, and it's like, okay, we're going up against Neil Warnock, and everybody kept saying, oh, Warnock gets his old clubs. Heck, you gonna give a one? Huddersfield played like a team that needed to stay up, was playing for their lives. We played like we had nothing, nothing to play for. We're just out there, you know, mucking it up, having a jolly old time. And they got a goal, and that was it. That's a easy. lucky goal, mind yeah. you. I mean, yeah, you know, that, probably that, a goal, one of the goals of the season, man. It was a hell of a hit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it was. Yeah, and, and there's no defending that at the end of the yeah. day. There's just yeah. simply no defending that, and um, you know, West had no chance of saving it. So it's it's not it's not down to, you know poor defense or poor goalkeeping. I mean, that's the type of goal that it took to beat us, you know, even so. Yeah. Yeah. It in it's one of those deals after the game everybody's jumping off the wagon, you know, celebration wagon rolling into Huddersfield and then we lose one nil. Everybody's off burning the wagon saying hecky out. This team's terrible. McBurney should be gone. This player should be gone. McAtee, Doyle, they suck start over we're gonna finish dead last and it's just like shut the hell up man it's like twitter is sometimes that's why i'm not a big proponent of the internet because you got idiots out there who just run their mouth and think everybody can control it and they're the greatest and they're the armchair this and that bullshit and it's like dude it's a game no one gives a shit about we're on to birmingham we got one game left in the season chill out it'll be fine i mean and then as we're going to allude to the birmingham performance was we could have had five or six so yeah I mean, yeah it's jekyll and hyde now that we got promoted it's like one day oh my god we're we're terrible sell the club the club should go out of business then we beat birmingham oh my god this man city's we're coming for you we're gonna win the prem just like <laughs> I don't know if anybody's had any of those takes, but I, I do understand, you know, you know, the, the hyperbolic example there, you know, I mean, it really was the gambit of emotions going from one match to the next. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. The, I mean, the performance away at Birmingham was much better. As you said, we could have had five or six easily. And, um, you know, they weren't up for it. I mean, they they were on the on the beach just as much as us, but they really didn't want it at all. Yeah. I mean the only the only person who did was Rita Kadra, really. Yeah, he was well, the yeah. only player. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It was like the only player that wanted that really gave a damn for Birmingham was Kadra. He's like he just wanted to get one over on us for being like, Oh god, I wasn't good enough to play on your side. Here, I'll bang one in for you. Oh, uh, that didn't happen. So then, okay, move on. He's done. 
He's not the player we all thought he was. He didn't fit into our system. We all repaid yeah. praises on him when we signed him. Oh, he's going to be a world beater. No. He didn't come off. He played, started, what, probably five games in the first half of the season, if that. Yeah. Then we sent him back. Yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah, we didn't have a place for him. So, I mean, again, I think he'll go out on loan yet again. I'm not sure what his contractual situation is. If he's out of contract, I think he'll sign permanently for, you know, an upper to mid uh, championship level club, maybe try to get them over the line. Um, but if not, if he's still on contract to Brighton, um, which he might, I, I can't remember. Uh, I'm not even going to bother to look it up, to be honest with you. But uh, if he if he's still on contract with Brighton next season, I think he'll go back to the championship yet again. Because yeah, like you said, he I don't I don't think he's ready for the Prem Rita Kadra at all. No, I don't think that he, there's really a midfield position kind of at Brighton. They've, they've kind of got a well-rounded side. I mean, he could be on the bench and just ride Pine all next year and come in for a couple of substitute appearances. But, yeah, I mean, like like you said, he best is probably just get loaned back out to, I don't know, there might be a team in white that's going to be going down. So <laughs> Could be, could be, yeah. Yeah. Let's just touch really briefly before we get into our minute by minute review on, you know, the craziness that was the final day of the EFL championship as far as the playoff picture was concerned. Cause you know, as far as relegation is concerned, uh, that was obviously resolved after our match against Huddersfield. But, you know, on the last day, I think it was Millwall who were in that sixth and final playoff position. They ended up finishing eighth. Um, you know, Blackburn uh, Rovers, they were also, I think, on, what was it, 60? I think they were point, on or 66. Yeah. 66. Yeah. There was a whole host they, of them on 66. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Millwall takes that early lead against Blackburn Rovers. They go up 3-1, and then Rovers come all the way roaring back to win 4-3. And they couldn't ma- – and then uh, Sunderland had to win. And they ended up winning 3-0. And, yeah, I mean, it's down to goal differential that they're in the playoffs. So could be a good year in the uh, Jarvis household as far as the the two clubs that you kind of follow, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah, it could be. uh, Definitely. Um, I know um, a lot of people have um, some decent amounts of money to start the season on someone to make uh, to get promoted. And honestly, if uh, it would make some hell of a f- final at Wembley if Sunderland and Middlesbrough got through a time, uh, uh, derby between Middlesbrough and Sunderland f- to go to the Prem, that'd be aw- nuts. And then back-to-back uh, promotions on the cards for Sunderland, which you dial the, <laughs> the calendar back a year, then they just had qualified in the uh, – the League One playoffs, and we're getting actually. I think as of today, day of recording, is when they beat um, Chef Wednesday and knocked them out and uh, dashed their hopes. And uh, yeah, I mean it. I mean, obviously, them going against Luton, you know, Luton are what they are. But you know, the team I'd like to play right now, if if United were in the playoffs, I'd love to play Middlesbrough. They can't. They can't do anything to save their lives. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Sunderland and, and Coventry really are the two inform clubs right now uh, as yeah. far as those four, out of those four. So, yeah, I mean, the playoffs are going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to be watching um, excitedly uh, this Saturday and Sunday. And then I think it's, what is it, Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, I think the reverse fixtures are Wednesday. What do I want to say? Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah. What, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, no, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the the final, which is usually on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend here, is on the Saturday, which I don't know. This schedule is all messed up because the Prem yeah. season finishes on that Sunday. This Prem, dude, they got to – I understand they only play 38 games. This is what pisses me off too is have all the damn leagues finish the same weekend. Do it on like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type deal, or even you had perfect, you had the perfect damn deal to do this weekend. Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and you get League Two, League One, Championship, and the Prem all finish in one fell swoop. But no, we got to have the glory of the Prem, and we got to stretch out our season for another three weeks. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We can debate as to why they do that. You know, I think it's to ensure that the the playoff, like, because they want the playoffs to end. They want all the football to end at the same time, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really what it's about more than anything. And just so everybody can go into the summer, you know, around the same time. So um, anyway, uh, do you want to just give me your predictions for the playoffs? I just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are, Chad. Um, I think it'll be, I think Coventry, because no one's picking them. I think Coventry and Luton are probably going to go through. And I think Coventry goes up. Wow. Mark Robinson did a phenomenal job. I think I'm going to lay down. I mean, obviously I want Sunderland to do it, but I don't want Sunderland to do it because they're a year ahead of schedule and you know, it would be fine and dandy, but I mean, and it's miraculous they've done it without a striker because Ross Stewart's been out. They had Joe uh, Gelhart in from Leeds, and he's done a half-assed job. But I just think, you know, everybody's picking Luton. Everybody's picking Middlesbrough. Coventry and Sunderland, you know, they're the ones no one's picking. No one's picking. So if that was a playoff final, I'd be okay with that. I mean, it would be a little bit of poetic justice for Sunderland as well because they did the double down. They mm-hmm. got relegated to the championship and then relegated to League One in consecutive seasons. So for them to go back up in consecutive seasons, up to the championship and then up to the Prem would, yeah, just be kind of poetic for them. Yeah, it'd be, it definitely would be cool. Um, yeah, it's just it would be m- momentous. But I just don't know if the club – is in the right spot right now for, I mean, they have plenty of investment, but it would just, their, their, I guess, yearly plan is for this to be next year and not this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope we didn't bore the socks off of you talking about other clubs besides United. We know you're here for United content. So we're going to give you that right now. Um, We're not going to get into Huddersfield uh, as we kind of said earlier, Um, So let's just talk about Sheffield United uh, away at Birmingham. And, I mean, 
it, it was a, it was a fun game to watch on the last day. You know, I mean, I was keeping my one eye on all of the other scores in the championship just because you know I w- that were more interesting really uh, for me. Um, but the first real chance of this game came at the sixth minute. Ollie McBurney drove from the touchline all the way to about twenty four yards from goal and had a go. It was a, kind of a low effort shot that just gently rolled out of play. 14th minute, great chance for Birmingham as Bakuna put in a dangerous cross that either uh, Djukovic or Basham got ahead to it, rebounds off the bar, and is then cleared out of play by Ollie McBurney. But uh, nervy moments, like, very, very early on there. Um, I think at the end of the day, that was better defense from Bash than it was, you know, good, you know, halfway decent heading from from the Birmingham striker, Djukovic. Yeah, uh... I don't know. It's hard to say because I didn't watch it on SUTV or wherever it was streamed. I just listened to it on the BBC Radio Sheffield. And uh, Djokovic, it sounded how the commentators on the the radio made it sound as he nailed the bar. So I didn't even know Bash was in there. But yeah, it was a little bit of worrying times for United and the in the beginning of the game, and I'm like, oh, no, is this going to go south like Huddersfield did? But we all know the result by now, hopefully, and uh, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. 15th minute, Bakuna and, I mean, the rest of the Blues appeal weakly for a handball off Tommy Doyle when a shot was attempted from outside the box. In that same minute after a clear out, Bakuna had another shot that was an absolute rocket went just to the right of goal from uh, a Brum attacking perspective there. But, yeah, I mean, uh, pretty close. But, yeah, I mean, that one had fire coming off of it, I swear to you, man. Yeah, and um, they did test our back line. We did obviously make some changes at the back. And, you know, number number 18 was not in between the sticks. So it, anytime he's not in between the sticks, it does worry uh, United supporters when you have Adam Davies in goal. So uh, anything anywhere close to, uh, to goal might, might worry, worry some folks, including me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he did an all right job. He didn't really have much to deal with in this game. That is. And then, you know, I will, t- we'll get to it later, but the, the one goal was not his fault at all. And then Illiman and Jaye, I, I can't remember the minute, but just demonstrating the skill he has and why, in my opinion, he was the most valuable player in the championship. Even in a dead rubber match, he's just like spinning past two men before picking out a, a decent pass to McBurney. Um, you know, he did that like one, two, where he, in just one fluid motion, he just like spins around with the ball. Um, fantastic skill from him, you know? Yeah. It, I, I really hope that wasn't the last match we see him in a Blades shirt. If it is, we're going to make a hella payday, man. If it is, we are going to make some serious coin off that dude. Yeah. I mean, hopefully hopefully he signs a, uh, you know, a one-year contract. Extension? Yeah, just just something to keep him on this team while we're in the prem. And if we get relegated next year. Thanks for your service. Let's make let's make your your contract well worth it for whoever you go to and give us a pretty penny. Yeah, no, I I agree with you whole, wholeheartedly, Chad. I I think that that's you know it's like either way you're gone in a year. You know, like it's you sign that contract with the promise that 
you know, if, uh, yeah, if, if we stay up great, if he helps us stay up great. And if we go down, we'll, we'll find a place for you, son, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Him and Sandy Barch. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. On 23, some great defense from Basham, turning back the years on Rita Kadra, stays with them, puts in a fine tackle in the box, and dispossesses Kadra, who was, I mean, he like what we said, he was really up for this game, but he just wasn't able to accomplish much due to Basham and Egan playing really well defensively at times. No, we kind of had him, uh, we had him in, a, you know, our back pocket. And he wasn't really able to do much. He would run like crazy, but that was about it. Yep. Yep. And then right after that, there was a great ball over the top from Fleck to Njaye, who passes for McAtee in the box, who turns and shoots, but it's blocked. Then it falls for Stevens, who has a go, but uh, Trusty is able to clear that. And really, really quickly on Trusty, um, he's a player. Let me tell you that I would have it United. I think he's a solid player. Yeah, I think he's American too. Is he? I, I did not yeah. know that. I think he is. Yeah, I believe he's American. I think they said something about it. Um, but yeah, he's from the United States. Yeah, uh, I mean, he is a decent player. He, he's sound. Or it seems like he's pretty sound at the back. But, uh, you know, in, I mean, what, how many games has he played this season? Um, played 48 games. He's scored four goals. So, I mean, he's not, not bad. Um, let's see. He's played almost 4,000 minutes. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's won 64% of his tackles. So, I mean, for a defender, he's not bad. Um, yeah. never been sent off. He's got eight yellow cards, but no red cards. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I didn't realize that he was on loan. He's he's on loan from from Arsenal. So, um, yeah, that would be a no. Yeah, that would be a no. I mean, maybe on a loan, because uh, I think he can play that left center back position if we, you know, if we needed him to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely somebody I'd take a flyer on. Yeah. Twenty uh, ninth minute, more fantastic play from Njaye in the box as he receives a pass from Fleck, takes a shot. Again, trusty in the way there. Thirtieth um, minute, set set corner from Fleck to Doyle, who had a shot from outside the box and that was blocked. Same thirtieth, Kadra running about forty five yards with the ball, getting away from a couple of defenders, has a shot that's blocked by Basham. Yeah, and he just couldn't do anything, could he? No, he couldn't. <laughs> like I said, this alluded to what I said just a minute ago. I mean, he could run like a like a madman and then he couldn't do anything with the ball. And I felt like he did that in the few times we saw him at United. He could run yeah. he, almost uh Ollie Burke esque, but he wouldn't yeah. take it all the way to the touchline and be like, oh what do I do here? The ball's out of play. Yep. Yep. And then arguably the best chances of the first half came in the 33rd minute. Fleck in the midfield passes for McBurney who Flicks one to McAtee outside the box. He passes for Stevens down the left-hand side, who puts in a low, good cross that nobody can really get on. But Balduck, uh, he is able to receive it on the other side. He passes for Njaye, who finds Doyle outside the box, and he has a shot on the ground that kisses the post, comes off that upright. It falls for McAtee, 
and he curls one and hits the same post. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a mad, you know, interlude right there. I was like, all right, that's probably going to be as close as we're going to come to goal then. I said, banging it off the post twice off the same post. Yeah, I'll take it. It is what it is. I mean, at least we had two good efforts, and you clear clearly see that, you know, the two city boys definitely wanted to get on the score sheet, you know, in this one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 37th minute, Bellingham has a shot from outside the box that is easily saved by Davies. 44th minute, Stevens, a shot from just inside the box, and it almost, like, almost is there. It just curls up and over that far uh, crossbar, that right-hand uh, like corner of the crossbar there. And, I mean, that was pretty much it into stoppage time. <laughs> right on the half, the ref gets hit in the dick on a ball that was cleared by Egan. Yeah, um, I... I didn't know who got hit in the the groiner region, nether regions. Um, but yeah, interesting that it's the guy that's in the center of the whole game, the the head referee. Yeah, took one to the old boys. Yeah, yeah, provided a little bit of comedy there at the uh, the end of the first half. I mean, I, you know, it's it's never not funny though seeing someone get hit in the dick like that. Yeah, right. Um, he, like the funniest part though, was like right after it happened, he was like, okay, that's it. That's, that's halftime right there. I'm going to blow my whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the second half starts and on 48 Balduck goes down with an injury. Uh, I hope he's okay. You haven't heard anything. Have you Chad? No, I haven't heard anything. I, and I don't think we will hear anything honestly, because you know, our communication with the team now is kind of going to die off for the next few weeks until something big happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd rather it happen now than, you know, at the start of next season, but um, you know, by the same token, uh, I I think it was probably precautionary that um, Baldock coming off there. Yeah. Yeah, so Sander Badgay replaces him, um, and then we switch to a back four of Stevens on the left, JLT and Egan playing the center center backs, and Bash at right back. So, um, you know, that formation change proved to be effective because on 53, Badgay in the middle passes for McBurney, who passes over on the right for Doyle, plays a nice ball for an oncoming Bash. He crosses it into the area, and it's an inch-perfect pass right on McBurney's head, who just calmly places it into the back of the net, and United go up 1-0. Good goal. Yeah, yeah it was a good goal, and it, it's almost like this season has come full circle because, yeah. you know, the beginning of the season, we were like, oh, he's the worst player that's ever been created. We want to drive him to another team and, and leave him off. And he books end it, bookends it with a goal, and he's probably been – you know, our most lethal goal, uh, goal scorer aside from in die. Yeah. All season, honestly. Yeah. I'd say the back half, he kind of fell off a little bit. You know, I think he got to nine like very, very quickly. And then, you know, his last six goals, uh, were just kind of, you know, extended over maybe, uh, two thirds of the season, maybe. Yeah. 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 Fair. Something like that. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, 15 on the year for McBurney. What a hell of a campaign it's been for him. And um, yeah, I, 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 he's, is he off contract this year? Is it, was this the last year? Does he have one more year? I think he has one more year. You, you're right. Cause we extended the, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we optioned him. Yeah. Yep, we optioned his last year. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can carry on this form and, you know, he's not going to score 15 in the Prem, but if he can get six or seven for us, I think that'll do just fine. Yeah, for sure. We're going to need all six or seven of those goals too. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And then three minutes after that first goal, we scored again as JLT. Brilliant ball over the top for Njaye, who dribbles into the box and um, past the keeper, and then he just kind of leaves it for McAtee, and it's just an easy finish into the back of the net for Mac. Uh, no goalkeeper there. Uh, love that Sully, that backflip Sully. Um, glad we got to see it again. Uh, this one, I think, was probably a little bit worse than the first uh, backflip. Yeah, I right. don't know. Just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. no. I mean, you got to give it credit. I mean, he, he also bookended his uh, stay at United with a goal which you know it started off rocky and we were like man this guy sucks when he played against Luton and it's see it's nice to see that he was able to improve over the whole of the season yeah i'd say he's probably most improved player of the season yeah if there, if there were an award for that yeah yeah well that's a little spoiler we're going to be putting out our season in review podcast probably next week um, and we'll give out all of the uh, the awards um, on that podcast. So following that goal, we brought on Asula for McAtee and Sharp for McBurney. You know, I even though Asula, I think he definitely should have passed when he, when he shot. Like there, he had like three or four shots in this game, and I think Sharp were open for like two of those shots i think he didn't have a bad game you know he was winning the ball in the attacking third um putting proper pressure he's got some some good pace too and I, did you notice i hadn't seen him play for a while but he looks like he put on maybe like 20 pounds of muscle he yeah he is bulked up in the pictures that i've saw of him like you know when he, obviously when he came back on loan at the beginning of the year or beginning of the calendar year and then you know he'll makes like an odd bench appearance here and there. And then he plays for, I believe it's the under 21s that he plays for. Yeah. He does look like he's bulked up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, credit to him. He, he seems to be fit. And if, I think, you know, look, there's one spot next year that I think both him and Jebison are going to kind of be fighting for. Um, and it's really going to come down to how both perform in the preseason. Who's going to get that one spot, you know, that first bench, Striker spot, basically. I yeah, right right now I give it to Jebo though. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, but who knows what happens during the summer? You know, Asula could have an absolute belter of a preseason, scoring goals from everywhere, and you know he he might just uh, just edge Jebison Asula. So wouldn't be, it wouldn't be bad in my opinion to send both of them out. Well, that that's entirely predicated up, upon who we can bring in. You know, yeah. if we're bringing in two strikers who have prem quality, you know, that's one thing, but if not, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think, a, a, a either a championship loan or even a league one loan, uh, for either one of them, just allow them to kind of piss it in league one or do very well in the championship, which I think they would. I think 
I think Osula is definitely ready to be playing, to be starting in the championship. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens next season. 60th minute on the break. Kadra passes for Jukowitz just inside the box. He takes a shot that goes across goal and just misses out of play. 64th minute. I mean, this really should have been United's third. Uh, we broke down the pitch. Stevens passes for a wide open Sander Bedege, uh, just the keeper to beat, and he shoots right into the keeper, Etheridge. Uh, you know, he places that on either side. It's a certain goal, and he just belts it right into him. Yeah. 69th minute, nice. Uh, really poor from Bedege, trying to pass back to Egan and Medjbri, I think that that's how you say the name. Yeah. Medjbri intercepts, and he has a slow rolling shot that Davies saves easily enough. 76 minute, Sharp wins a free kick, and after the free kick, it's passed on for Norwood, who's like almost within the center circle. He sees the keeper off of his line and thinks, might as well have a go for it. Um, and unfortunately, it like either the wind carried it a little bit or just curved to the left, like it looked like it was going right in the center of goal. And then I think there was just a little bit of spin on that ball and it ended up carrying it out of play. Yeah. That would have been a hell of a goal. That would have been, that would have been my West Fodderingham goal of the season, even though Ollie Norwood took it. (laughs) Um, 79th minute. Birmingham with a free kick on the right-hand side. It's put in the area, and Mark Roberts gets ahead to it. He heads it back for Sanderson, and uh, on the volley, um, he puts it past Davies to pull one back for Birmingham. I, I It's a good goal. Um, I rate Deion Sanderson. I, I think he's a good player, um, and, you know, he's he's just one of those that, you know, you'd love to have on your team. I, I think he's young. He's super young, too. I think he's, like, in his early 20s at this point. A lot of development still to do. Um, likes a tackle. Definitely a player that, you know, I, I don't think we'd be in for because he, he plays on the right, correct? Yeah. 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 And I between Anel and Basham, I just don't think we have need for a, a right-handed center back, a right-footed center back, I should say. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I, he pulls one back for them. Um, were you nervous at all? I, 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 at that point, I was like, "Still, this game is done and dusted." Like, I, there was no way they were scoring another one. I, uh, at this point, I had turned the game off, and the results around the league started to intrigue me. And uh, I, I kind of died after we we nailed the second goal. That's when I was like, yeah. I'll listen for about five more minutes. Okay, there's nothing happening in this game. I'll go over. So I didn't even hear the goal go in. Um, they did go when they were doing around the grounds. Uh, they did do an update for, you know, Birmingham getting a goal back. But other than that, they're like, we've got bigger fish to fry. But, yeah, um, I did see the goal. Yeah, it was a good goal. Yeah, Dean Sanderson, he is young. Injury prone, though, is his big, um, is his big question mark. Can yeah. he stay healthy? Because even when he was at Sunderland, when they were in League One, he was owned by Wolves. We were in for him or were interested in him this year. And I think, yeah, this, it was this year that we were interested in him. Obviously, couldn't get the, the deal across. We got an L. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a good, solid player. It's just he has injury issues and misses 
long spells of time when he's out for injury. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Uh, 80th minute, Njaye gets past three men before passing for Asula, who drives into the box on the right-hand side. He shoots and it, like for the opposite corner, and it just goes wide. He ended up missing pretty badly, actually. 81st minute, Asula, with some hard work to win the ball uh, in United's attacking third, might have been a handball in the build-up play, but you know he gets into the box. He tries to dink it over the keeper, goes way too high, and then Sharp just gives him a proper bollocking for not passing it over to him, as he was absolutely wide open, you know, to the right of uh, the penalty dot, basically. 82nd minute, Biabu and Doyle both have shots that are blocked. 87th minute, Sharp's best chance to get to, to 250 this season, which of course didn't happen. Uh, as Doyle puts in a great cross, uh, looking for an on-running sharp who is just not able to get a good angle uh, on the ball and you know to deflect it in. It did come off Sanderson, so United won a corner. And off that corner, Doyle passes for Norwood, who passes it back for Doyle, who passes back for Norwood. And then he tries a shot from outside the box. He ends up pinging it, just goes right over the net. But um, yeah, another good opportunity there. And then finally, at the death, last chance for romance for Birmingham came at 94, plus, uh, 94 minutes. Doyle concedes a free kick in a really good area, and uh, Mejbri takes it, goes over the bar, and that was it. United close out the season with a win, and yeah, you love to see it. Just I, I'm glad that we were able to, to get a W uh, to close out the season there. 91 points, man. Our, our yeah. highest ever total. In the championship, yeah, so. it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty impressive, you know. Um, it's it's one of those deals. Looking back at it, would I have thought we would have got twenty eight wins, which in hindsight is only one win behind Burnley. Burnley finished on twenty nine. What would would I thought we would have finished on ninety one points? No. I mean, both just tremendous, I mean, stats of this season, you know? Yeah. Just cherish this moment while it's here and just embrace it. It's like it's, you know, everything we asked for. I mean, it was a a good season. We had, if it wasn't apart from that, that rocky bit we had in February and early March, we would have been, it would have been a damn near perfect season. But, I mean, you're, Every year you're going to have ebbs and flows and bobs and whatnot. So that, that comes with the territory. But, yeah, it, a tremendous job from everybody at United from the top to the bottom. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what a season it's been. We'll, we'll get into our review next year. But, uh, I mean, this might be one of my favorite seasons, you know, in my 15 following United. Um By virtue of, A, doing this podcast, doing the watch-alongs on Chef United Way, I, I think maybe I missed one game this whole season, which is pretty impressive, Yeah, you know, con- considering uh, that a lot of the games are played in midweek. But, you know, I, just being able to take lunch and, and watch these games, it's just been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Um, and next year, baby, we're going to be able to watch every game uh, without needing SUTV, which comes as some relief to both of our wallets i can tell you that yeah for sure for sure 
So, I mean, did you have a man of the match in this one, Chad? I will give it to McAtee going off his swan song last one in United shirt, maybe forever. Um, yeah, so the youngster for me gets the last man of the match of the season. Yeah, I'll also say James McAtee. Um, you know, he wasn't super influential, you know, throughout the game, but he had his moment and he took it and, you know, I, you love to see that game-winning goal and that celebration. So, yeah, uh, definitely a player that we're going to miss if he doesn't come back next season. And I just hope that he goes back to City, tells him how much he loved it at United and how much he wants to come back because, again, don't think he's ready to step up at his parent club yet. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So uh, I think that's just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield uh, thank you so much to everyone who has uh, listened this season, been following along. Um, really appreciate you. Uh, if you haven't done so, please give us a follow on social media at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. Chad, where can the people follow you on social media? They can find me if you haven't done so already. C Jarvis underscore 13 on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to follow the Blades in the USA page. I'm trying to get it up and going slowly but surely. But you know, as I alluded to, I'm not one for the internet. So it's probably going to be very slowly and very surely. So you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at Sunpuck on Instagram and at Nestman930 on Twitter. So on our next episode, we will be doing our season in review. Uh, please look for that either next Tuesday or Wednesday. It should be dropping um, in the morning. Um, and we'll give our player ratings. We'll run down our favorite matches of the season, our favorite goals of the season, so on and so forth. But even after that, we are not done. Chad and I are going to be producing a ton of fun YouTube content this summer where we'll be running down lists like our favorite shirts for United of all time, um, our favorite matches, our favorite goals, so on and so forth. Um, and so be on the lookout for that. Well, Chad, talk to you next week to do our season in review but until then up the blades up the blades come on you red and white wizards <laughs>